NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It's presented by MyBookie.ag. Winning season continues at MyBookie, and they're now offering a free $20 bet with the promo code SGP20. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP20, to get a free $20 bet with your first deposit. We're also brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a new daily fantasy sports app built specifically for player props. Download the app in the App Store and use promo code SGP for an instant deposit match up to $50. That's thrivefantasy.com, promo code SGP. Sign up and prop up today. We're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. And finally, we're brought to you by Sean Green. Sean Green's latest comedy album, This Loss Hurts Us All, is now available everywhere. iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, and wherever you get your comedy. Hello and welcome to the NBA Gambling Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Rich Fat Baby McKee. It is a warm November 10th morning where I'm at in North Carolina. My uh, co-host, Zach, is joining me from New York. How is the weather there? It's it's amazing. It's uh, it's 73 out right now, I think. So getting a chance Jeez. to get some November golf in. It is Masters Week, so definitely... Check out all the SGPN uh, Masters content, Golf Gambling Podcast, SportsGamblingPodcast.com. Um, but yeah, the craziest thing is, it feels like we just put an NBA season to bed, and now we have an NBA draft in about eight days here. I know. I do not follow college basketball much at all, so I've been really cramming for this draft. You're right. It feels like I was. we were just neck deep in the finals, which we've pretty much were and now we have to get ready for the draft free agency and already apparently the start of the new season again because word has come out that it seems like the players association has agreed to a deal that would have the season start on the 22nd right yeah and i think it's really interesting how that played out because i think it kind of shows how dire the situation was financially in my opinion that the player like the players, all they wanted really from what it seemed like in those early press press battles was to extend the off season by about two weeks to Martin Luther King day. And mm-hmm. the fact that they were, you know, and I don't know how the negotiation played out or didn't play out, but the fact that they couldn't even get that consider- consideration from the ownership. Like, I think the fact that how compressed this off season is going to be shows how the, the financial situation is clearly not great. I think, it seems like they want to get this season over with as quickly as possible to hopefully get back to a normal offseason and then have fans in the arenas and get back to normal the following season. Um, but yeah, very yeah, I mean, I see it from the owner's perspective in the sense that, okay, it's clear we're not going to have fans in the arenas at least to start. Maybe towards the playoffs, things will change. So you're right. Let's get this season going. Let's make as much money off as we can off the TV contracts. Let's not lose that money. And then hopefully the cap won't take such a hit and we can get back on track as normal 2021-2022 season. Yeah, exactly. And I think, but like to me, that just shows you like this season is going to be about just salvaging as much money as possible. Like, Like you said, like 
the, the, the fact that they couldn't even wait potentially two more weeks, like it seems like they're basically going for as short an off season as reasonably possible. I mean, like we said, like this draft is, you know, in eight days, free agency starts the day after that. Then there's only about a 10 day grace period until training camps open on December 1st. Um, and then you'll have three weeks of, of training camp. So we are going to be, I think, trending into the waters again of like we were before the bubble, like, oh, do you want teams that have continuity going into this year because of the shortened offseason and the potential added difficulties of COVID? Do you want a younger team because they can play more back-to-backs? Um, so it's still, it's going to be another weird season. And another thing to mention, I mean, home court advantage, we're still not going to have that most likely. I mean, we're going to have to recalibrate that from a handicapping perspective. Um, and that'll definitely be an interesting trend for us to follow in the beginning of the year. Um, also, another thing that I've read is they're talking about as they make the schedule, rather than teams like, say, the Lakers having to fly two different times to say Denver over the season, they would play Denver on a Friday night, stay in Denver and play them again on Sunday. So that's going to really change handicapping because if for whatever reason, LeBron is sitting out two of those games, probably, you know, we're definitely going to see more load management. I think that's a given. So, I don't know. I, in a way, I feel like that can almost help us handicap the second game easier. Is that crazy to say? No, I think it's it's going to be like these mini series, right? Where you like watch the mm-hmm. first game play out, and then you think, and then you're making direct adjustments. So it kind of have that playoff series type feel. Another thing that that's going to be weird about it too is, like you mentioned, with that weird scheduling. Like I'm sure the Lakers and the Clippers are going to play each other like six or eight times. And, like, the Knicks and the Nets are going to play each other, you know, like six or eight times, um, Mm. potentially playing your division or your regional counterparts an outsized share of your games to limit travel and limit COVID exposure across the country. So, like, for some teams, that's going to hurt. I mean, like, Philly, Boston, Toronto, Brooklyn, they they might all be playing each other a ton. You know, Golden State, Clippers, Lakers. They might be playing each other a ton. So that's going to be something also when the schedule drops to tune into with win totals because it's not going to be the same consistent sample of everyone in the league that you that you play against. It's likely that you're going to be playing an outside share of your games against a specific known group of teams. So that's also going to be – it's going to be a another it's – not, it's not the same as the bubble, but it's also not going to be you know your ho-hum regular NBA season. Absolutely not. I think there's still a number of machinations we have to yeah. consider before really diving into projecting this season. I'm, there's going to be so much for us to talk about over the next month and a half from fantasy standpoints, from player props. You know, I, you got to feel like there will be more. You've, we've seen the NFL have a significant amount of more injuries from their inability to have a training camp. I imagine with the le- less rest for the NBA, they're going to be dealing with similar things. Um, they're going to be, there's not going to be the consistency with, because players aren't going to have as much time to get used to new teams, blah, blah, blah. Rookies, I think will take a bigger hit. We were so excited about 
the rookies the last couple of seasons and how well they came in and prepared for the NBA level, this is already a questionable draft. I imagine that's not going to be as exciting. That's going to be even harder for them. I, you know, I'm just spitballing here. I haven't really thought this all out, but yeah, there's just going to be so many different things to consider. It'll be both frustrating and fun because fucking anything can happen. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, if you if if you have your two stars, I mean, test positive for COVID and they're out for two weeks, that could that could fuck up your whole season. I mean, it's not like the NFL where you maybe you maybe miss one game, but you can tinker with the bye. Like it's it's likely that if you if you are out for two weeks with COVID, you're probably missing what you know six seven games. Um, yeah, and now you're in a seventy two game season, so yeah, it, it's going to be an absolute an absolute wild west of an NBA season. So, um, but we'll we'll be picking every game every day, so we we will know if we yeah. figure it out or not. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, keep a careful eye on us because uh, we'll be doing our best. So in that spirit, there have been some sports books that have released win totals for this season, which kind of blows my mind that we're already talking win totals for the next season. But uh, you, you sent it out on the basketball Slack channel. If you're not already part of our Slack channel, please go to sg.pn slash Slack and join because there's going to be a ton for us to be talking about over the next month and you don't want to miss any of that we can only talk about so much on the podcast you shared uh some totals from the Westgate. any of these just really jump off the page at you i assume you you've you've probably studied it a little more than i have yeah i i think in terms of stuff jumping off the page, I think like it's it's going to take a second to recalibrate to the seventy-two game season because all of these are like slightly lower than you'd expect, you know, because there's ten mm-hmm. less games. Um, but you know, no surprise, a, a couple that I liked off the bat, I liked Houston forty-one and a half. I like that over. Um, I, I still Houston forty-one and a half, despite really that being thrown a lot of their roster being thrown in flux i mean i mean is their roster really thrown into flux i i don't feel like any of the rumors about harden being traded are coming out of that camp i think it's more been you know whether it's the sixers camp or whether it's daryl morey saying they'd be interested in acquiring james harden but i think news out of houston specifically is that um they're they're happy to run it back with hard i mean i don't think they have really any choice i don't think I don't think trading Harden makes sense at this point. Uh, I th- thought they were a really good team last year. So, like, with James Harden, you are a good regular season team, you know, assuming mm-hmm. you're decently competent elsewhere. So, 41 and a half, I mean, I guess so that, that would make them 41 and 31. I, I think they could probably be a little better than that. So, I, I like that over. Yeah. Um, and that's then, a good, that's a good, I, I feel like that is a good take because just looking at this real quickly, that is uh, two games less than the Warriors who are at 43 and a half. That's two games less than the Nuggets who are at 43 and a half, two games less than the Nets, um, you know, so that that's a pretty good number right there. Yeah. If, if you're looking at it in comp- comparison to those teams who are at similar levels. Yeah. And I just don't see what's so bad about this Rockets team. I, I, I get that Daryl Morey left, but. You know, I, I think Steven, St- Steven Silas, like, he is an exciting young head coach. 
engineered the greatest offense in NBA history last year with the Dallas Mavericks. You could see, you know, the Rockets kind of grow up a little bit offensively, maybe do something a little bit other than what's been so predictable. So I like this Houston team. I think I'm going to zig while most people are zagging. I think it's like the general trend is kind of just bury this team because they got embarrassed in the playoffs. Um, but I, you know, I thought they were right there. Uh, you know, after winning game one against the Lakers, that series obviously came up off the wheels for them quickly. Um, another one, other one I, I, I thought was a, a pretty good look was Suns over, over, uh, 34 and a half uh, that oh I didn't want to say it and be accused of a homer but no. it did I I did my eyes immediately went towards it yeah and and mind keep in mind I mean that that has them projected as an under 500 team um you know I think the west is going to be really difficult but but this team looks like they can definitely get to 500 with significant upside above that I'd say if if Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton are, are healthy all year um, and look, there. If you want to say the, the angle for this year is that you want younger teams who are going to be more equipped to handle the dynamic scheduling and potentially a more cramped up schedule, um, you're, I'm assuming you're going to have much less practice time now because of you don't want all that potential COVID exposure. Um, so, and, and so, yeah, I think I, I'm not saying for sure that I favor young teams this year, but um, definitely like that Suns over. Late fall college ball, the NBA bubble, UFC Fight Island. It is clear that 2020 has been a year unlike any other, which is why you need a sportsbook with offers unlike any other. Get some skin in the game with my bookie where odds boosts, lightning deals, and free breaths await all, all season long. And with Turkey Day right around the corner, there is no better time to feast on some NFL action. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. Make the right play and sign up at mybookie.ag. And when you do, use promo code SGP to get your deposit matched halfway all the way up to a thousand bucks. The terms are simple. You put in two hundred dollars and they'll match you another one hundred dollars in your account. It's winning season at my bookie, so join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. You, I mean, you're right. You would think that you would also want to favor young teams, but also teams with consistency and a head coach that you trust because there will be less practice time. I feel like the Suns fall into that camp with Monty Morris and they're Monty shouldn't Williams. be making any. I'm sorry. Yeah. Monty Williams. <laughs> and they shouldn't be making any like too crazy of moves here to really affect their roster. Uh, and some teams that are in this let's say in the sun's range or at least finished in the sun's range last season you've got the grizzlies at 31 and a half the trailblazers at 37 and a half definitely I like that sun's number then i like the trailblazers number at 37 and a half pelicans at 36 and a half why are the pelicans two games better than the suns yeah that makes no sense um then and then you got the timberwolves though at way down at 27 and a half that feels low to me compared to those other teams yeah, it definitely does. That definitely does look a little bit low on first glance. Um, obviously, worry about their defense um, and worry about being in the Western Conference. Um, but yeah, their offensive upside is definitely higher than that. Um, I think it definitely it's going to be really worth paying attention to how this schedule looks because there's a chance that all these teams in the West are just beating the shit out of each other all year, and it really compresses the standings towards 500 if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Like I, I could, I could see like, 
Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Mavericks, Warriors, maybe even Rockets, like all being very similar headed into the playoffs. I was listening to um, to uh, dunked on the Nate Duncan, Danny LaRue show, and they were talking about how, yeah, look, if if the NBA playoffs don't have fans or if they're at a neutral site bubble again, why does it really matter to push for the one seed? I mean, you're going to have to beat the same teams regardless. So that was an interesting mm-hmm. take, I think, um, that as long as you get in the playoffs, like it's not like you're going to have to go into Staples Center on a Friday night, you know, packed arena. Like, at best, there's socially distanced, you know, 15% full arenas. So um, the playoff push yeah. might not be as intense. I, I agree with that. And in that same vein, when you think about teams that had such a wonderful home court advantage because of their fans, like the 76ers, we saw their home road splits last year were crazy how yeah. much better at home they were. They have a number at 43 and a half. They're not going to have their fans there. That feels like an immediate fade to me. Yeah, that, 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 that's, a, that's a great point. Like, and I think it's, it'll be interesting because like the, the, the Philly home court advantage disappears because like there's no fans, but the Denver-Utah home court advantage, like if home court advantage drops across the board, but you still have the altitude home court advantages, maybe like yep. you get an extra benefit on that. Um, yeah. I mean, the Utah fans are still assholes, so <laughs> I, I imagine that'll, that'll be a, of a bit of a step down on home court advantage, but still certainly their altitude is there. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely do think because of the need to scrap up any revenue that's possible, um, like where there can be fans based on what the government is saying, I'm assuming there will be fans. I mean, I don't think mm-hmm. the NBA... Well, I, yeah, we've seen it in the NFL, been able to keep raising the number of fans they're allowed to have in their stadiums. Obviously a lot of those are outdoors, but you would think these stadium, these arenas are big enough that they can still maintain proper social distancing. Yeah. 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 And I, I just think like they will, they will be grasping at every single possible ounce of revenue that they can find as it pertains to this season. So um, yeah, it should be really interesting. Do you want to, do you want to start talking about the draft a little bit? I know it's, yeah, yeah. So um, I don't think there's any other ones I wanted to talk about as far as win totals. Oh, you know what? Last one I want to talk about are win totals, and then we'll jump right into the draft stuff because I know we have a lot to cover. San Antonio Spurs, 28 and a half. That's one of the lowest on the sheet. I know that they're in rebuilding mode. They still have Popovich there. They still have that system I don't know. I mean, DeRozan and Aldridge are still on the team as of now. Yeah, that is that's such an interesting number because that could so easily go either way. Like if they if they keep it together and just like you said, they still have Popovich. If they try to win now, I think the San Antonio brand gets you over twenty eight and a half wins. Um, yeah, even, even in this uh, COVIDed season, but yeah, they could they could. But I could also see them being a smart organization and saying. We have legitimately zero chance of winning of winning this Western Conference or and making even making the finals or even making the conference finals. So I would recommend they they it seems like a really good year to tank in my opinion. Um, with the amount of teams that have a pressure to win now, um, you know, I think they, they could really benefit by tanking it out. But yeah, the, that that that's very yeah. shocking to see first first team. 
Yeah, I still feel like they have enough young talent. Even if they got rid of DeRozan and if say they gave away DeRozan and Aldridge just for future draft picks, they got nothing back. They still have such an interesting young core and they draft so well. So whoever they're getting in this draft is going to be a contributing member of that team. I feel like pride alone will take them to 29 wins. Yeah. But hey, well, again, there's just so much in the air that we have to talk about. So let's not get too into the weeds there. Okay. So let's set this up. For the last week, our crew at Sports Gambling Podcast Network, our our guys on uh, NBA Slack, we've been doing a NBA mock draft. What I tried to do is I tried to assign our different writers, uh, NBA fans, like teams that they really follow and allow them to make the uh, pick for their team in our mock draft. I'm not sure, you know, none of us are, none of us has any insider information. None of us are necessarily high level experts on the NBA. We all have other jobs, but we are hardcore fans. And so I do think that that counts for something. And we're also all gamblers. So uh, I, I do feel like that brings some different thought processes into this. Um, I don't know. What did you think? We're going to, I'm going to publish, by the time you listen to this, the full mock draft should be published. Uh, I wanted to ask you what you thought about the exercise having been involved in it. I thought it was really fun. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it, it was really, it was, I've never seen anything done like that. So kudos to you for putting it together, first of all. Um, and yeah, it was great to get everyone involved. I thought it, it's, it's, sh- and it did show, it shows how, how varied opinions are out there in like the in universes. It was only whatever, 25 guys, but like, each pick kind of went in a different direction. I was absolutely shocked that LaMelo ball fell to fourth um, in this draft, considering I, I would make him surefire the best player in this draft. Um, but it just like, it shows how varied the opinions out there. And that's exactly what's going on in the NBA, you know, with all these general managers there, you know, not everyone is, is working off of the, you know, ESPN draft board and just following it to a T there's, very, very different opinions out there in the in the multiverse. So it, it was fun to yeah. see that come together. Well, I think that this draft especially was a good one to do this exercise yeah. because there are no consensus top, you know, there's no cons- consensus top pick. There's not even consensus top three to five, you know, it kind of goes different ways. Um, just, you know, looking at the very top, and then we can start talking about the gambling odds as well. We ha- uh, Colby Dant was representing the Timberwolves. He took Anthony Edwards, who is across the board right now the favorite wherever you look at gambling's odds. We have him right now at minus 200 to be the first overall pick. Um, we have uh, our guy, John Lee. He picked James Weissman for the Warriors, which I think was a very interesting pick for them. Weissman is plus 450 to go first overall. He's plus 125 to go second or third. And then this really took me by surprise, but I know a lot of people like him. I feel like maybe fans like him more than general managers, but I don't know. Obi Toppin from Dayton 
who has a uh, 12 to 1 odds to go second or third overall. He was taken for the Charlotte Hornets by our guy, Adam Pelletier. Initial reactions, you've already said you can't believe that Lamelo Ball uh, fell to four, but what are your initial reactions on those top three? Yeah, I mean, I think we could definitely start and bring in the gambling odds here. I mean, I do not understand why Anthony Edwards is the favorite to be the number one overall pick in this draft. And in prepping for this podcast, I got down on, on LaMelo Ball, first overall pick, and I got down on Anthony Edwards over 1.5 um, in terms of draft pick selection, i.e. you'd be going two or later. I mean, if you if you checked out Jonathan Gavoni and Mike Schmitz, their reporting over at ESPN yesterday um, was very, very confident that, that LaMelo Ball will be the number one overall pick in this draft whether that's by Minnesota or by teams trying to trade up to come get LaMelo. Um, they, 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 like, and, and for that reason, I mean, I was absolutely shocked that Anthony Edwards was is the betting favorite to go first overall. I understand he's theoretically a better positional fit with Minnesota. Um, but, um, you know, a lot of concern about Anthony Edwards at his pro day. Did not look good. Did not show up in shape. Questions about his motor. Um and yeah, did I, you I, watch him much in college? Sorry, what'd you say? Did you watch him much at Georgia? Yeah, and look, he had he had a he very up and down season. Obviously, the highlight of his year was that game against Michigan State in Maui, um, where and that was really early in the year. But you know that was an absolutely electric performance. I, and I, of course, Anthony Edwards, extremely talented player. Don't mean to disparage the kid at all. Um, that game, he had thirty seven hitting ridiculous pull up threes, blocking shots like legitimately making everything it was like a special performance um had a few other games like that in sec play i think he ended up averaging around 20 points and his athleticism is very heralded mike schmitz um again he had reporting that anthony edwards testing for athleticism at the at his own combine was absolutely off the charts in terms of leaping ability and that kind of thing but look I, i just think I put a premium on primary creators, and I think Lamella Ball is the best player in this class. And I, I, I think he's he sees the floor like his brother, right? I mean, he can make passes, and he plays the game. His basketball IQ is just not like most other players. Yeah, it's extremely. I feel hot. like his, and while you have to deal with a lot of potential negatives, being his attitude, being his father, you got to take the guy with the highest ceiling when there's not a clear cut number one. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and look, what, what you're looking for in this spot is like, you know, your Luka Doncic type player who's going to be your go-to offensive fulcrum running pick and roll for you. And yes, Anthony Edwards has extreme upside as a scorer, but Lamelo Ball's passing ability, his ball handling, his vision, his length, uh, he's six foot seven, extremely long launch potential to add a lot of muscle to that frame. Um, he, and he's already comfortable shooting, you know, high difficulty, pull up threes, step back threes off the dribble, the stuff that gives him more offensive upside than Lonzo ball. Um, and what, and we've been saying with Lonzo ball, I mean, if he, he was able to do more off the dribble in terms of creating for himself, he'd be an absolutely elite player. So, um, but I, I just think to bring it back to who is likely to go first overall, I mean, the reporting I've seen and. It's not just Gavoni and Schmitz. John Hollinger and others have said, you know, Lamella Ball is the favorite to go number one, whether that's to Minnesota, if they eventually come around to it, or 
other teams trading up, seeking that player. Now, then you you bring it back to the second overall pick. I mean, I, I like James Wiseman at two. I think he fits in really nicely with the Warriors. Um, they they need a big. He I think is a relatively safe prospect in terms of he has he's seven one athletic and can finish. I mean, how bad can that player be? I I agree with you. He fits so well with that Warriors organization. But when talking about let's real quick, let's bring it back to just straight value in the gambling odds right here. Is it possible we've got Weissman right now at plus four fifty to go first overall? Obviously, if Minnesota stays in that number one spot, there's no way they take him because they already have Cat. But could there be a team chasing an athletic big like that who's willing to trade up and take him first overall? Yeah, I mean, there, there have been rumors definitely that Charlotte, because it, the, if, you, if you, I guess, parse through the reporting right now, the most logical scenario is Minnesota wants to trade back and Golden State and Charlotte both want Wiseman. Um, they both need a big. Mm. So there has been some talk about a, you know, the Hornets trading Miles Bridges and three for number one, um, maybe to go get Wiseman. So, yeah, I mean, look, I, I think I think James Wiseman is more likely at one than Anthony Edwards. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. Um, wow. So there's just no value. Anthony Edwards at minus 200. You would take Mello at plus 140. Or Weissman at plus four fifty. Yeah, and and look, I could have egg on my face for saying this. I, I really do not think Anthony Edwards is going one in this draft. Not only do I think that would be a mistake for my own evaluation, just the reporting I've read, it does not seem like he's the. I, I think, in order of likelihood, I would say it's Lamelo, Weissman, Edwards. I think those are your top three, no doubt. I don't want to get too extreme in dropping Edwards down, but I don't think he goes one. Um, but. Yeah, definitely a ton of possibilities because Minnesota is definitely amenable to trading back. Golden State, obviously, they want to trade back if the right value is there. So, you know, we could be we could end up with, when these picks are being made. It's not even Minnesota and Golden State anymore making them. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Another quick break, and we'll be right back. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. With Thrive, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus only on the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. If you're playing an NFL contest, all you have to do is choose 10 out of 20 available player props to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit, hit the most props, rack up the most points, to share a part of the prize pool. So use promo code SGP when you sign up today and you will receive an instant match up to $50 on your first deposit. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website, thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today and don't forget to use promo code SGP. Have you ever thought about starting your own sports book but don't know how? Ace Per Head is here to help you start your own sportsbook. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated to the second and wagers graded immediately. They have top-notch customer support going 24-7, some of the sharpest lines in the industry. Plus, Ace Per Head offers live betting and an amazing mobile experience. Get started today, and Ace is offering up to six weeks free. Just go to aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. In our mock draft, we have Obi Toppin going number three. 
to bet on him going second or third overall, uh, we're looking at 12 to one odds. You could probably find it at, at different prices there. Is that worth throwing any money on? Is in any, is there any way that you think Obi goes into the top three? I don't. And I, I think, I think I thought this was a little high for Obi in my opinion. He is, he's one of the older players. So I think you're looking to draft for upside. I think he's, Obviously, an extremely polished offensive player, and I, I like his upside on the offensive end. But um, you know, he seems to be the athlete that he is, which is very concerning for his his defense is going to be really bad. Um, but yeah, like mm-hmm. if as long as he gets by Charlotte, I mean, Chicago at four, I don't think they there's a chance they take Obi Toppin, given that they already have they have they they've already invested in Laurie Marketing and Wendell Carter in terms of minutes as, as their developmental big. Um, so I, I so actually think, liked, um, and I'm not sure what odds you're seeing. I'm looking at Obi Toppin over 4.5 uh, minus 165. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that is a is a, is a, is a decent bet, um, given that. Like, I, I I think it's highly likely that your, that your top three is Ball, Wiseman, Edwards in some order, assuming Chicago is then picking at four. Um, I don't think they go with a big. I think you're more likely at that four spot to see like a Denny Abdia or a Tyrese Halliburton. Um, so, so yeah. Would I think you go, uh, speaking top three, who has a better chance of sneaking in, Avdio or Toppin? Because they're both at like 12 to 1 odds. I mean, I would I would probably say Avdia. I, I don't really see either of those guys happening, but... Um, you know, people have said the Warriors like Avdia. I mean, look, maybe if 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 Wiseman's off the board at three and the Hornets really want to take a big, I, I could still see Obi Toppin sliding in there. You still, if they, but also not only would they have they want to take a big, they have to have Toppin above Onyeka and Gakwu, which is not a consensus, you know, evaluation either. So I have a really tough time seeing either of those those guys sliding in. I think Avdia's ceiling is forward of the Bulls, most likely. Um, Toppin, I guess, had a little more flexibility. So Toppin more likely, but neither of them likely at all, in my opinion. Okay, let's continue with what we have on our mock draft. So we have Bulls at Lamella Ball. We've pretty much covered that. Five Cavs, our our Cavs super fan, Matt Tusick, took Avdia at number six. The Hawks, we have Angoku going to them. Seven, the Detroit Pistons, Halliburton going to them, which, I don't know, that seems like a pretty decent pick for them. Um, you can talk a little bit more about that in a second. You talk, You took, at. we gave you the Knicks, you took Devin Vassell. Uh, how do you feel about that pick? Yeah, I felt good about it. I was I was very torn between Vassell and... and uh... Okoro here at, at eight for the Knicks. Um, I thought this was, and I, I talked about this in my blurb a little bit, how I think for the Knicks, I took just like, you really need to get a solid starter here in this, in this spot. Um, they've like spent a lot of years reaching for upside. And now that you kind of, you have to invest in making this a good situation around RJ Barrett. I'm not sold that RJ Barrett is the guy as our lead, as our lead, you know, creator going forward. But, um, you ha- you, I don't think you can put another non-shooter into this lineup. It'll just be the disaster that the Knicks offense has been for the last five years, just not getting enough shooting out there. So between Barrett and Mitchell Robinson, I, you know, 
I thought the two non-shooting spots are pretty much already spoken for. So I was looking for a high upside three and D support player here. Um, and Vassal, I, I trust his jumper a little more than Okoro. I think Okoro might be a little more athletic, a little more of a feisty on-ball defender. Um, but Vassal's just super long, rangy, um, you know, really, really nice defender and looks like he's going to be a good three-point shooter. Um, so I, mm. I, I like that pick. Um, and then so we have our Okoro going right after your pick to the Wizards. Before we get to that, tell me what we think about Halliburton at seven to the Pistons. And just to give people a little perspective, uh, looking at his draft odds right now, for him to go over seven and a half is minus 180, under seven and a half is plus 140. Yeah, I think Halliburton's a guy that's definitely rising up uh, the board right now, it seems like. Um, he's definitely known for being a really smart, tough player, like good culture guy who really will like buy in. So I think for teams that are like, oh, we might want to win now, I think Halliburton is gaining some steam there. Um, you know, I like him as a player. I don't think he, he he's probably not never going to be that like number one putting up numbers option. So again, just like I think a really, really solid starter at guard uh, kind of reminds me of like a Malcolm Brogdon type. Um, but I like, so do you as, see him going in the top seven? Uh, I, I, I do. I think he has, I think that's probably his range. I, it sounds like the Knicks would be happy to have him at eight. Um, so I think his floor is, I don't see him falling out of the top 10. Definitely with, you know, somewhere in this like six, seven, eight, nine region, but, don't really see the Hawks going taking him. Cavs seem to be locked in on Avdia or Okongwu, I think. Um, and they look like they're taking a big. They already have Garland and Sexton. So, yeah, I think 7-8-9 is a sweet spot for Halliburton, actually. So maybe I would amend that, say, likely no. Um, but I will say John Hollinger reported today that the Pistons may have a promise out to Patrick Williams. Um, Patrick Williams is... Another Florida State wing, he is apparently that late riser who everyone is talking about right now. Insane athletic yeah. profile, um, hasn't done much, you know, in terms of like proven numbers. I think he's still very young. Um, and he's kind of like. Well, a we've three- seen we've seen the Pistons and their draft picks over the past decade. You don't know who they're going to draft. They 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 they're going by their own board completely, and they pretty much need everything on their team. So I'm looking right now, Patrick Williams uh, under 11 and a half is minus 135 over 11 and a half is minus 105. It seems like the bookmakers aren't even quite sure what to make of him. I like that under, he seems like a guy who's gaining a lot of steam. Um, He like really projects like he's like a six, eight, absolutely yoked. Um, So I like that under 11 and a half. I think, you know, if, if Hollinger's right, he's going at seven, the latest. Um, but even still, I could see, I definitely see like, you know, the Spurs are a team who they're definitely not afraid of taking a shot on a guy whose upside is his jumper because there are a lot of guys, you know, Vassal, Okoro, Patrick Williams, um, even, even a guy like a Killian Hayes, um, who, if you develop their jumper, they everything else about their game will fall into place. So I think a mm-hmm. lot of these teams are going to be like, oh yeah, we, we you know we believe in our own coaching staff, our own player development staff. 
obviously like if I'm the Knicks, <laughs> that's not like a realistic uh, thing to say. But um, yeah. I think a lot of people are going to talk themselves into physical profile is there. If we develop this jumper, this guy could be the next Jimmy Butler. This guy could be the next Kawhi Leonard. You know, this guy could be the next whoever. So, um, which is a dangerous way to think, but also, you know, it has an extremely high upside if it does, if it does work out. Uh, Okoro, I'm seeing the odds over nine and a half at plus 155, under nine and a half at minus 220. So it seems like everybody is pretty certain he's going in the top nine. Yeah, I think I, I think he looks like he was a guy who was you know early on in the draft process he was a candidate for top three pick. Um, people were really high on him coming out of Auburn. I think he's definitely had a quiet off season. You know, not much reporting about him. So maybe maybe he's. In, I mean, there is so little reporting out there right now. I think most teams were very late to attend to the draft because you had all the fallout from the season going on hiatus. Then you were gearing mm-hmm. up for the bubble. And no one knew when the draft was going to be or what the draft would look like or will they have workouts. So, like, I think it's a very, very, very fluid situation across the league right now. Um, and that's why there's so many smoke screens out. And if you have to really parse through this reporting, no one has said a peep about Okoro. You know, does that mean that he's sneaky going high and he's trying to just lay low and that team's trying to lay low? Like, could the Bulls be targeting him at four? Definitely could see that. Um, yeah. or, or see another guy who teams are souring on and just no one's talking about him because no one likes him. It's very hard to to decide. Yeah. So a, a guy I want to talk about next is the same guy that I drafted in our mock at number 10 to the Phoenix Suns, Killian Hayes. I have read so much positive press about him over the last couple of weeks. I have never watched him play. He was... He's a French player who was playing in the German League last year. He is projected as a as an amazing ball handler, a great playmaker, doesn't have much of a jump shot, but is young enough to be able to still develop one. Um, and bookmakers don't seem to know what to do because you can get odds at him at – at first overall at 40 to one, you can get odds at him at second or third overall at 22 to one. And then I'm also looking at him at, you can get uh, over six and a half minus 170 under six and a half plus 130. So uh, explain to me why Killian Hayes is just all over the board here. Yeah. He's an, another guy who it's very, very difficult to parse through the reporting. I think, What's going on with Killian right now is that everybody kind of likes him, but nobody he's nobody's favorite prospect. Like, I think mm-hmm. everybody is really intrigued by him, um, but only after a certain number of other guys get off the board will you have a team where he's actually the top guy on their board at that time. I think you look at he's Chicago has been rumored to like him, um, so I think you have a ceiling as high as number four. Um but you also don't really know where the floor is. I mean, I, I think there, there's been some talk that he's a guy who could drop out of the lottery. So when you combine that with the idea that, okay, teams at four like him, I know the Bulls have been linked to him, the Pistons have been linked to him, the Knicks apparently like him. Um, so it will be very, very interesting to see. I, I don't think Cleveland or Atlanta is an option at five or six. Um, I doubt Washington's an option at, at nine. They, they seem like they want to get a piece to win now. So... 
there is a lot of variance with where he could go. I'm not, I know, um, what's his face? Kevin O'Connor has him number one on his board, um, mm-hmm. which I, I think is a little bit much. I think that's that's kind of him trying to be a little bit too much of a, of a nerd. Uh, I think that's I think that's for clickbait. Yeah, I think, that, I think that's for clickbait too. Um, look, I mean, the profile is there, like high usage, high volume, pick and roll guy. He has shown the ability to hit those, you know, step back jumpers, off the dribble jumpers, get to the rim, and but I just don't know if I if I see it um, from what I've heard. The league he played in was really, really, really weak, um, and he basically was like. They were just it was it was almost a Lamella ball esque situation where they only it was all about him. He he was able to do whatever he wanted, turn the ball over a ton, wasn't really a, a winning situation. Um mm-hmm. so I'm a What do you bit, think about well, what would you think about my pick how of his fit it with the Suns? Because my rationale being because a, a, a lot of Mock drafts have the Suns maybe looking for another 3 and D guy. I feel pretty good about our 3 and D guys with Mikel Bridges, Kelly Oubre, Cameron Payne. We've got the young core. The guy who I feel like doesn't fit in is 30-year-old Ricky Rubio. Okay, I don't he doesn't ha- he doesn't fit with the timeline of our younger core. Killian Hayes can be a great fit next to Devin Booker in the backcourt because he has the height to defend the other team's best backcourt player. He can facilitate, and he doesn't need to really shoot the three if he's got, uh, you know, as much if he's got Booker and like a Cameron Payne out there who are high level three point shooters. Yeah, I think it's it's tough because while I agree with that, you I also. I would rather have a more combo type next to Devin Booker. Like I think Killian Hayes sees himself as like an all-you-can-eat pick-and-roll point guard. I think in Phoenix you're not going to get that. I mean Devin Booker is is likely to become that primary creator. I do agree with you. Rubio's not on the timeline, you know, either. But is Killian Hayes at 18 who's going to need probably two or three years to work out the kinks and adjust to playing with elite talent for the first time in his career? Um, He'd be coming off the bench for a couple years. And, I mean, just think about him in a pick-and-roll situation with DeAndre Ayton. I mean, that's dangerous. Yeah, yeah. I I, I, I see that vision. Um, If I'm Phoenix, I would much rather – if I'm Phoenix, I mean, I I think I'm trying to at least, like, put together a team that can potentially win now. You know, I don't don't think you're, like, putting championship expectations on you, but – if you make Killian Hayes part of the future, I think you're sort of, while I admit you might be raising your upside, I think you are sort of setting yourself back a couple of years. Um, you know, maybe. I, I, I don't really, I think Killian Hayes is obviously a great unknown in this draft. I'm not as high as, I'm, as, so as some others. So who is the, um, but yeah, the. At 10, who is the most win now player that could be available at 10? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Halliburton would be perfect if he drops. Vassal, I like. Okoro, I like more than Hayes. And then you dip below that. I mean, like someone like a Sadiq Bey who um, who Zach Sims took for the Pelicans. I mean, he he's a ridiculous like three-point sharpshooter on the wing. Solid, solid defender. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I, I see what you mean. And I, I just don't think the point guards in this draft are that good. I mean... If you pass on on Killian, then it goes to like 
Kira Lewis, um, I guess, RJ Which, Hampton. Some people really like his speed. I keep reading. Yeah, people really like, like his speed. I, I, I think the guards are really hit or miss. Um, which is which is definitely concerning. I, I don't like the I don't personally like the plan of like slotting in a point guard who's expected to help you win now. I think it's a lot of pressure. Like I think if you're someone like Lamelo Ball or Killian Hayes for that matter, I would rather go to a, a losing situation where you can just run as many pick and rolls as you want every single night, have the wherewithal to fail and learn the position, and then you know by your second or third year, then you're starting to become good and your team is rising with you um i i personally would rather like plug and play wings and then maybe you flip ricky rubio for you know a slightly younger but also a wing a win now type player like would you would you trade ricky rubio in the 10th pick for Derek white from the spurs i'd do that yeah like something like a move like that i think would be more i would feel more comfortable with that than like putting killian hayes on your banner next to Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton saying, like, this is our future. Because I think that'd be a really tough situation for Killian Hayes to step into. Okay. Well, let's jump ahead to the other pick you made in our mock draft. Of course, we had to give you the Denver Nuggets pick at number 22. Explain to me why you picked Xavier Tillman, a wing out of Michigan State. Yeah, so he, he's a, he, he should be a big... Uh, he should mark, he, he's kind of like a, a, a four... Um, He's a four or five. I think he's definitely projected as a big six nine, really big frame. Played center at Michigan State. Um, you know, one of my favorite players in the draft. Um, I'm I'm a big Michigan fan, obviously, but ton of respect for Michigan State basketball. Super tough program. Tillman is a phenomenal defender, as is really experienced player. Played three years at Michigan State, so really really good defender and really good playmaker on offense. Um, and I, I wrote in my blurb, like, as with any as with any big man, their upside offensively will go as their three-point shot goes. But I thought for the Nuggets, um, they I think they do – the one change I, I would make is addressing backup center. Mason Plumlee mm-hmm. was really bad in the playoffs. I think Coach Malone thought he was better than everyone else realized he was. He obviously had that huge <laughs> defensive lapse against the Lakers, allowing for the – Anthony Davis game-winning uh, buzzer beater three in game three there. Um, and just throughout the playoffs, I mean, they were a nightmare when Jokic left the floor. So I think you want to get younger at backup big, and Tillman is is a, a perfect guy to learn under Jokic because they're, sli- they're slightly similar players, um, really good passers, ball handlers, ball movers, that kind of thing. Um, and, Tillman can play the five? Yeah, Tillman can definitely play the five. Um, he's played it in college. And he has really good size, uh, an older, stronger player. Um, and look, he and what I like about that Denver system too is, you know, if you have Jeremy Grant and Michael Porter Jr. flying around alongside you, it's, there's less of a premium on pure size. Um, maybe maybe you have Paul Millsap in that rotation too. Definitely a lot in flux in Denver, but yeah, I thought I really was happy about this pick. Um, I think it addressed a big need for Denver. Um, but th- I will say that did raise one bet that I do like is um, mm-hmm. Big Ten players drafted in the first round over one and a half. Um, I had a plus one fifty. Um, I think t- I think Tillman definitely gets in, and I think from there you look at a guy like Cassius Winston. We had we had three players from the Big Ten go in our first round, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, right? 
yeah, we had Jalen Smith from yep. Maryland. Um, so yeah, so I, I, I think that that's good. There's good value there. I think Tillman almost certainly gets in. I think Cassius Winston probably gets in. And then I think Jalen Smith. Yeah, we have him chance. going in 23 to Utah, Cassius. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that's at plus money. It's definitely not a lock, but I think the value is definitely on over there. Um, looking at, I, I was uh, earlier, I was reading around. There's, there's not a lot out there right now on NBA draft props that you can find, but one best bet from Odd Shark is uh, Cole Anthony draft position under 20 and a half. They got that on Bovada at plus 105. We had Cole Anthony going, I believe, 26th to the Celtics as the Celtics' uh, second pick. Um, where are you on Cole Anthony? Yeah, I mean, Cole Anthony's a guy who saw his stock drop a lot this season. Uh, he, he came in as, like, arguably the most heralded guy in this class. And, you know, his he, he had an up-and-down year at North Carolina. Definitely was marked by injuries. He also... You know they were they weren't a great team. He wasn't able to carry them either. Um, I, I I I I don't really know. I think by the by where his stock is at right now, I would say he doesn't get into the top twenty. Um, and that's mm-hmm. that's what happened in our in our NBA draft guide in our NBA mock draft. But also you have that sort of early stock which was really high and would have had him in a lock to go in the top twenty. So you know there's are there definitely some teams out there who trend more towards that initial evaluation than to the one that's been sort of maybe a little bit overblown with, with how bad the situation was at North Carolina and he dealt with injuries. Um, I would probably say more likely that he falls out of the top 20, but I would not be surprised at all if someone, you know, snags him. Okay. So would you take that? I would not. I I would stay away from that. I think that's, I think stay away. Look, I mean, I, I, I think it's tough for, for betting because usually what you're doing at this point is you have a pretty good idea of each player's range based on, you know, reporting that you, that you think is legit. Uh, but this year, there's just so little out there. I mean, the, the one thing I do feel confident enough in to want to bet is that LaMelo Ball is going first overall in this draft. Um, <laughs> like for a guy like Cole Anthony, I mean, there's no news out there on you know what his range is where like who, where he mm-hmm. could fall so i think you're really throwing darts at a board so I, I would be careful with a lot of these bets um unless you have read something out there that's reported you know and i not not to offend any of the listeners but like you're not going to get into the mind of a gm and like i i i, I wouldn't bet based on what you think a gm might do i would look for reporting that backs up mm-hmm. your idea of what a player's range is yeah absolutely absolutely um do you have our mock in front of you right yeah there? yeah um are there kind of rounding out here because we've been going for a little bit uh is there are and and again all of our listeners can go read the entire mock with all of the uh, uh writers who took the different players they all have explanations for each of them so you can make your own choices i will put as many draft odds like props within each player that i can find and this will be a living document all the way up to the draft i'll keep changing it based on things we hear have the lines move so make sure to keep checking that out at sports gambling podcast 
dot com. Are there any names there that really stand out in the late after after the top ten? Are there any names there that stand out good or bad, went way too high or went way too low? Um, let me look. I, I think definitely one thing I, I do want to say, I think Okongwu, Okongwu's absolute floor is number nine to the Wizards, in my opinion. Um, like, they badly need a defensive center, um, and he would fit that perfectly. I think they're looking to address needs that Bradley Beal wants them to address. That's kind of their priority as a franchise. So I don't know what the betting odds are, but I do not think Okongwu gets out past nine. Um, I'll start with okay. that. Other picks I liked, um, Desmond Bain to the Heat at number 21. He's definitely a name that's gained a lot of traction in the draft process, similar to Halliburton. Supposed to be a, you know, a great team guy, all that, plus really, really good jump shot. Um, and kind of projects to be that that three and D type player, um, so I think he's a guy who could be who could potentially be rising um, as we as we head towards the draft, maybe into that late lottery or or mid mid teens. Um, Tyler Bay, I saw I saw uh, Ryan Kramer took him um, another super athletic type player, um, so I could see him potentially rising i liked that pick a lot by uh by kramer yeah he has yeah kramer picked him at number 27 to the knicks yep and and yeah he's, and so he, you can he's see a, him going a lot higher i don't see him necessarily going a lot higher it's definitely i liked the pick um super athletic type player and like fits that modern big type type role um so that's one I, that's one that caught my eye um but yeah i mean like, there are so many names that are kind of flying around um, you know, across the board, like so. I, I think it's going to be really. I, one name that I, I guess did not come off the board in our in our draft was Tyrell Terry from from Stanford. Um, mm-hmm. He's up. Uh, I think he's in the top ten for Kevin O'Connor. Um, I was checking out that you said that in the in the slide. Yeah, he Kevin O'Connor had him at number eight. Um, so maybe he could be a guy that's that's definitely. Um, has a chance to either go higher than we had him in the SGPN mock draft or make some draft uh, Twitter personalities look really bad if he doesn't. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, yeah, that'll look, make us look bad if we don't even have him on our draft. Okay. <laughs> so rapid fire responses from you right now to end this. I'm going to throw out some draft props at you and just knee jerk. Tell me if you like the bet or not. Okay. 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 ACC players taken in the first round over five and a half is plus 225 under five and a half is minus 350 is that a lock that six acc players will be taken in the first round um not a lock to me but i i, so I have to would, look into it more you'd be willing you'd be willing to take the uh oh wait okay so i was reading that so it's definitely not I was reading that a little different. I was <laughs> I was looking at the over under a little wrong. Over is plus is five and a half at plus two twenty five. So it would not be a lock that it would be over. Uh, it would be six under five and a half minus three fifty. So it seems like bookmakers definitely think there's no way that uh, more than five ACC players would be taken in the first round. 
Yeah, and I, you would agree I, I with don't that. see that not getting over five. I mean, you have you have Vassal, you have Williams, you have Cole Anthony are like the the three, I guess, locks. I wouldn't even put Cole Anthony as a lock. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I would definitely take that under. But sounds like the odds would not be great. Big Ten players in the take it in the first round over one and a half plus one fifty under one and a half minus two hundred. Which side do you like? Yeah, I like that over. I threw that out earlier. Definitely think you get Tillman, and hopefully you get Cassius or Jalen Smith um, sneaking in. But I think, yeah, I think Jalen Smith is a guy who could definitely um, be considered close to a first-round lock right now. As I, as as I look across the uh, various mock draft universe, yeah, I, I actually like that that a lot. I would consider that one of the best bets so far. Over one and a half, it, Big Ten. International players taken in the top ten. Over three and a half is at plus three fifty. Under three and a half is at minus six hundred. I gotta say, I think under, right? I mean, so who is it? It's it would be it would have to be Killian. It would have to be Denny would be would be your first two. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then and- who else would have to I mean, yeah, I think I think under for sure. Unless I'm missing someone who went to college but is international. I guess Poku has yeah. a chance to sneak in. Yeah, I'm just looking at this. It seems like you're right. It's got to be. It's got to be under. It's got to be under. Minus 600. That They seem pretty sure that it's under. Yeah. Okay, the last one I'm going to throw at you. Duke players taken in the first round. Over two and a half at plus 400. Under two and a half. Minus 700. Yeah, again, I mean, the odds aren't great, but I definitely think under is the play here. Um, I'm trying to... It would be Trey Jones would be one of them. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't... I mean, Cassius Stanley would have can't, to sneak into the first round. I, yeah, I think definitely under there. Yeah, I can't even think of any other than those two. Okay. Um We've gone for just about an hour, so we should wrap things up. We'll be back next Tuesday. But before that, is there anything you want to throw out there right now, Zach? Um, No, I mean, I think as more draft props come out, we'll just definitely be breaking them down on Slack. Um, and then I guess mm-hmm. ne- next week will be right before the draft. Um, and we'll have, we'll, we'll have more bets, hopefully, to look at, maybe more more rumors to, to break down and reporting to look at. Yeah, absolutely. And if you have ideas for things you want us to discuss specifically about the draft, put it in our Slack channel, sg.pn slash Slack, or hit me up on Twitter at the Ryan McKee. Hit Zach up on Twitter at NBA Zach B. We will do our best to uh, incorporate all of your ideas and um, I'm certainly looking for some more input from the SGPN community on, on on what bets we'll be looking at. I'm excited to see where this draft goes because it really just does seem like a bit of an anarchy draft where we have no idea who's going where. Yeah, it's definitely going to be it's definitely going to be really fun to to have Twitter <laughs> up for for the next couple of weeks. Absolutely. Okay, so Zach and I will be back next week, and uh, I forgot to mention Zach. Congratulations on both of us not having to go to an underground ground bunker last week's show. Oh we yeah, exactly. We were a little scared before the draft before the election, but uh, we're both okay. 
Uh, until next week. Basketball, gimme, gimme, gimme the ball because I'm gonna dunk it. Basketball, gimme, gimme, gimme the ball because I'm gonna dunk it. Basketball, gimme, gimme, gimme the ball because I'm gonna dunk it. So maybe I shouldn't be sharing this, but you have to check out Kohl's. The athleisure styles we've all been living in, they're on sale. I saved on a champion sweatshirt for my daughter, got an $11.99 Vans tee for my son, and picked up Adidas sneakers for my husband. Plus, I got 20% off and Kohl's cash. So I'm totally going back for those Sonoma jeans. You know, for when I actually want to wear jeans again. Select styles. 20% offer ends March 21st. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details. It's finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer.